This week on the Podland Trailcasters. Everything working? Hold on one sec here. It wasn't loading your camera, I couldn't see you. Hello, Rip City. Okay, I'm gonna. Blah, voices. <laughs> Today is my flu pod. It's the problem with doing this in the morning, my voice is like cracking. I, uh, you do not. There is no try. <laughs> so this is now the third time I've been called for jury duty and got excused before making the before the final cut or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apparently, just no one wants me to be judging my peers. I love your ability to edit this pause out. So, <laughs> huh? Hello. Nope. <clears throat> if if I can literally go to my window. Not literally, the new form of literally, which now also stands for figuratively, because no one knows how to use the term literally correctly. I just put haystack rock on uniform. It has to be only haystack. I'm saying you do like a. I would wear that over the carpet one. What you just described, I'd wear it. It's not going to be black and red. You put a sash on there, give it to me. But yeah, let's do it. You ready? Mm hmm. All right. Give me a three, two, one. Managed to hit my mic in the middle of that too. Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner Smith, and here with me, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, Mr. Professional Christopher Joseph Burkhart. Good morning, sir. How are you on this lovely Wednesday at 10 a.m.? I'm good. I'm good. Roll out of bed and do a podcast. You asked an awful lot of me. <laughs> and you were already. You're saying like, yeah, let's let's get up at nine so we don't. So I'm not lazy. I'm like, oh, why, why, why don't you give me ten? Why don't you give me till ten? Because I am uh, I am not at peak performance this morning. Uh, besides being early morning and just not being a morning person, I'm I'm having my Michael Jordan flu pod today, my flu game, apparently. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into this and and get out of here so I can uh, not be some sweaty, gross ass mess. On Jordan flu game. So you got drunk or ate too much poison pizza or whatever the hell the story <laughs> was. My wife works with kids. She brings home a little something now and then from the kids. And she was sick a little while ago, and we kind of saw it coming. I'm like, oh, might might not feel too good in not too long. And it hit me last night. Can't blame drinking on this one as, as much as I often like to. Let's get straight into our world-renowned love, hugs, and hate mail. But first things first, listeners, if you want to get involved in the podcast itself, in, in our love, hugs, and hate mail segment, you can always send us in your takes on Twitter, uh, email, or the quickest way to get to us would be joining us on Discord. You can get involved in the pod. You can get involved with other pods, other content creators. We have a ticket group, The Third Bench. Shout out to them. We have a bunch of swag exchanges happening all the time. Game night, chats with friends. All of this going on, all of these creators are fans of the team. It's a wonderful time in Discord. No toxicity like you're dealing with more and more on some of these imploding social media platforms. So come and join the Discord. Come have fun with us there. Chris, where are you sending your love to this week? Hmm. It's always a good question. I didn't have 24 (laughs) hours or whatever to let it stew. Uh, No. My love, my love, going to be controversial. Because I know some of you guys are uh, little 
wet blankets, as my friend Chad would say, and like to poo-poo everything. But my love is going to those PDX carpet jerseys. I thought ah. they were sick. I liked them. <laughs> shut up. You just shut up, you little hipster. They're cool. You're the hipster. They're You're fun. the one with the carpet jerseys. They're fun. Ah, just, I just like the color. It's cool. The airport. PDX carpet was a thing and like you know they keep saying they keep saying that as the one funny part like in all their promos so like pays homage to the PDX carpet which went or which like gained celebrity status in the late 90s I'm like okay the fact that like the PDX <laughs> carpet was a big too. thing in the 90s tells you that you're about two decades late on striking while the iron's hot <laughs> but Plus they've already I tried it. Like it it's like the second attempt I yeah, still yeah. like it though so you're, you're, I don't you're, care what you say you're allowed to like it. I I'm, I don't mind you liking it. And I will say, after seeing them debut the jerseys last night, I'm a fan of the black and teal thing as as a as a color scheme. It looks good. It looks, looks sexy with the, the black and teal. It's much less menthol than what I thought when we saw the leaks uh, originally, yeah. weeks ago when we talked about this. I just... It's not Blazers to me. Blazers have such an iconic look with the the logo, the jersey color, the the sash, the pinwheel, and the rest. See, but it, but 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 at least they didn't do like the Oregon uniform thing. They, where, yeah, it's where well, like, like they kept like I said. This is why I said said when we talked about the Oregon uh, edition uniform. It's just like if you change the color scheme and you mix it up a little bit, that's cool. But when you lose the sash, which is like the most iconic right. part of the uniform, so at least they incorporated it. The only part about when you talk about like creativity and stuff that cracks me up is I, I will find it and load it up if I still have it. But I made almost a one for one recreation of this jersey because <laughs> I like the PDS carpet jersey back on like NBA 2K17. And it looks nice. like the like I think the only thing I didn't do was like the teal piping around the numbers. They were just white. But it's like I made almost the exact same jersey. Go me. I should be a uniform designer. But you hey. should be a you should be a designer because I I again this is not their worst jersey. I'll, I'll give you that one. The black and teal isn't bad. I'm against the the, the 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 carpet pattern itself. Whatever. Fans can be divided on that. No argument, though. People cannot tell me that the designers are doing good creative work here. That So many of the jerseys have been lazy. Even the teal thing. As much as I like the teal, you look across at all the 30 teams putting their jerseys out. There's like six or more that have incorporated teal to the point where I just feel like it some Nike designer said, "Okay, guys, this is the trending color palette. Use well, that's, it." But that's how that's how that's how uniforms are, though. Go look at look yeah, at the history just, of uniforms when they change. There's always an it color and an it design. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's just always so much everything. less. It's just so much less original and less creative when when it's exposed that see, way. But it's obviously you, the thing see, they're just doing like block stamping for all thirty teams. Yeah, but at least just, you didn't have to just randomly incorporate teal. Teal was the color of the carpet, the famous Portland carpet. See, you, don't be yeah, mad they, they at found the a reason to use teal. No, you're, you're, no, you're right. They, no, don't be mad at the uniform keith be mad at your sleepy little town here in the northwest because as much as we <laughs> love it born and raised here in portland as i was portland's kind of boring it's like oh, if there's this, so listen, many things they no, could go to over the carpet no if it were los angeles <laughs> they wouldn't go with the airport carpet because there's a lot more that they could do in los angeles than the airport carpet okay now now it is ridiculous that to this point with Nike and multiple uniforms every single year that you still haven't done a rose one. Like that one needs a to rose happen. One. Just 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 Pines, just just timber do, trees. Like just do the rose. 
Um, Mountains, the Oregon it. coast, the the music scene here, the food, the seafood. What are you gonna do with an Oregon coast one? You like, could easily the same way that we've seen lots of jerseys do like a, a city skyline. You could easily do like iconic stuff from the Oregon coast. Haystack Rock is a a, a, a monument that is recognizable. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put Haystack Rock on here. I'm not I'm not saying it has to be only Haystack. I'm saying you do like yeah, a, a, a so skyline, we'll do, a we'll silhouette, thing, the they, same way they, they do with they, city they, lines. They, 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 the shorts, the shorts, the shorts will be uh, tan to represent <laughs> the majestic ass. beaches. <laughs> of the Oregon coast and the oh top of the God. uniform will be blue to represent the water and the sky and where they meet <laughs> there on the belt line and on the back under the numbers will be the silhouette of haystack rock and on the front it'll be speckled in white to represent all the seagull shit all over your car <laughs> when you go to the beach like so okay if that's just a haystack rock jersey not what I was talking about I was saying make a whole skyline of, the, of different things but if that's just a haystack jersey I would wear that over the carpet one. What you just described, I'd wear it. It's not gonna be black and red. You put a sash on there. Give it to me. <laughs> give me the give me the seagull shit jersey on your. Oh car. my god, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> all right, all right, we're we're, we're moving on. <laughs> my love, your love. <laughs> my love this week, Chris, is one that you will share. I'm uh, I. I I, I wouldn't have been surprised if you would grab this, so I had a second one ready, but you didn't, so I'm going with my number one option. My love is going out to our guy, Kevin Conroy. Rest in peace to the voice of Batman. Uh, really sad news we got earlier in the week. You you broke this, actually. You uh, you dropped this on our Discord, and I had not seen it to that point yet, but yeah, uh, just unfortunate. For all, for all who appreciate uh, uh, animation, voice acting, Batman... Uh, any number of I, I can't even really go into what else his resume had, but he he was known as the voice of Batman. And rest in peace to Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy is one of the greatest voice actors of uh, of all time. Man. Yeah. What? The thing the thing is he uh, he wasn't the voice he was not the voice of Batman. Let's be let's be real here. He was not the voice of Batman. He was Batman. Oh, like, <laughs> I was I was like, like wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not wrong about uh, that. Like, <laughs> that like. The dark, like the Dark Knight, like it was him. It wasn't this Christian Bale, like where is he? Like that's not right, Batman. right. No, that's <laughs> like, not Batman. <laughs> like uh, no, Ke Kevin Conroy was Batman, and and the animated I Batman, that, uh, the Arkham trilogy, the video games, he how, voiced those how, as well. That's how true, uh, true, true Bat fans know. So yeah, big big loss there for the uh, the superhero fan community and the comic community and the cartoon community don't know if there'll be another one like him especially when you look into some of his work and by all accounts just an uh, absolutely grade a person like mm. you top know, quality and, human uh, being yeah yeah and uh yeah it's just it just sucks man like it does the voice of your youth the voice of your youth but yeah it's uh yeah I, i'm i'm with you i'm sending my love there yeah i, I mean i you know it could have been a hate mail thing for for hating that he's gone but it, so much that the dude has given us uh all, all the love out to kevin conroy how about your hugs for the week where are you going with your hugs i'm gonna give a hug to our boy jeremy grant just for the fact that, like it's 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 just the biggest of bro hugs like i said this is what i love about hugs they can be bad they can be good it's like a guy yeah. who's down and is like you need a hug no this one is like you walk by and you see him and you're like dude i just want to give you a hug because like 
Like, you're really it. good. You're, oh my god. You're you're better than anybody here thought you were, except me because go back to the podcast once again receipts. I was very very high on the Jeremy Grant trade and all you guys said I was an idiot. But I just want to give him a hug, man, cuz boy howdy has he been balling out having the best year of his career. He's averaging uh, the second most points of his career right now, but uh, metrically everywhere else he's just efficiency-wise he's just an absolute stud right now. Will that buoy out and go back down to his mean maybe, but right now if I saw him in passing, yeah. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers, Brothers got hug. A hug. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, Jeremy Grant has been killing it, and you are you are not wrong that we from the beginning, when all those rumors were starting around, and half the fan base was divided about whether they wanted him, whether he was worth moving CJ uh, or not. He has absolutely blown expectations out of the water for, for for all those people that didn't think he'd be good. Easily blown him out of the water, but even for. As much as you and I talked about him, Chris, and we were hyped up on him coming here, I can say I did not think that he was going to be giving us, what, he's had like three 30-point games already? I think he's had over 20, five or six times this season. The the defense as well, being able to not just get a shot, but create offense for himself. Even some of the some of these drives where he's going in, gets a nice nifty, like kind of behind the back dump pass to Nurk. The dude has just been looking amazing. That's interesting, too. He said... He has had uh, 10 games in his career where he has made five or more three-pointers. Three of them have happened in the 14 games he's been a blazer. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, there was also a stat last night on the broadcast uh, post-game that uh, the Blazers are one of two teams in the NBA right now that have three players averaging 20 or more points. Like, that's that's wild. And, And, you know, again, something we've talked about before on the pod, uh, I don't know exactly what the numbers are for all the starters right now, but we're not too far off, I wouldn't think, from having all five starters averaging in double digits. Yeah, only man. person, only person not is Josh Hart. Oh, really? It's not. It's Josh Hart. I would have almost thought it was Nurk because of the way things have gone recently, which we will get to more later in the pod. My hugs this week are going outside the realm of basketball. We're going over to uh, one of Dame's other favorite sports, actually, over in the boxing world. Uh, my hugs are going to Evander Holyfield. <laughs> Because uh, Evander and Mike Tyson are making ear edibles, Chris. I don't know if you've seen these. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's a wonderful. Oh my gosh! It's, it's so, so good. So, so yeah, my, they're they're calling them holy ears. Uh, they are uh, cannabis edibles in the shape of an ear. <laughs> and Mike Tyson had a quote when these were being promoted: "If I was on cannabis, I wouldn't have bit his ear." Tyson said, referring to the 1997 fight when the boxer bit Holyfield's ear. <laughs> the photos are fantastic too. There's the shot of Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield in like these uh, ugly Christmas sweaters, sitting around kind of a you know little fireplace and a table in front of them with some pine cones. Uh, they've got mugs. Tyson has this mug with a green cannabis leaf on it mike tyson looks giddy in all these pictures he's excited they've got a shot where he's like fake biting uh, ah, like kind of at holyfield's side and holyfield in all these pictures i mean i he might just be more of a kind of a uh introverted dude but he just looks like he's kind of like dead eye like you know deer in the headlights in front of the camera for all these where it's like man how much money do you think he's getting paid how much money do they have to give him to be like yeah come and come and hang out with mike tyson here and and make some money off of uh off these ear edibles oh, i'm pretty sure it's not uh, not as much as you'd think they reconciled quite a quite a long time ago i mean kudos to holyfield for being the bigger man i guess i don't know if i yeah. can forgive guy for biting my ear off biting my ear <laughs> off it's not just like it was some dirty play he 
he uh, beat he your chair off, off man. He mutilated your physical person. He did uh, it twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. So that's right. It's a fight. Uh, and yeah, I mean, so there, there was a quote here from Holyfield. I didn't think it was funny at first about the ear edibles, but then I realized Mike hadn't been in more trouble for a while. And, and there's, there's more, there's an article on it. Um, I mean, I get it, but even that quote, man, I didn't think it was funny at first, but then I realized Mike hadn't been in more trouble for a while. I'm still reading that as I didn't think it was funny at first, but then I realized how much I was going to get paid. Cause <laughs> I, I hear you or maybe they have made amends, but that was a factor. Cause this is like you said, you'd have to be paying me a good bit to, to have me go and smile the, the way that uh, Holyfield is, but Hey, good for him. Get that check. How about your hate, Chris? Where are you sending your hate mail this week? Or do you oh, have any hate mail to send? I do have some hate mail and it's, it's the changing landscape of uh, sports broadcasting, but I, I, I am a, I am a casual MLS fan. Okay. Um, okay. I, I do I do like like my my Timbers. I, I liked covering them because it was just it was just fun. Uh, this Apple TV deal sucks. Like oh okay, like, tell me yeah. They, let's they, hear it. Well, they've announced more info now. First off, like you're losing your local broadcast, right? And now you got it's like so MLS is going to Apple TV on a on a season pass thing. It's basically becoming League Pass. It's going to cost right. you fifteen dollars a month to watch soccer but because they're going exclusive to apple tv like you're not like unless i'm completely wrong like you're not getting your timbers on root sports and kptv like it'll be exclusive to apple TV. yes everything yeah. is, is produced and exclusive to apple tv here and it's like it makes a little more sense to me for like an nba tv nba league pass nfl red zone type thing where you can set up streaming packages for these just well-established leagues who are just going to bring in fans by the bajillions. But for Major League Soccer, which, even though it's been around for a while now, is still in its infancy yeah, compared totally. to what other leagues are. Like, grow your brand locally as best you can. Like, let's like, I get what you're saying with the MLS stuff. I, I think a lot of this from is going to be interpreted another way from fans just because of, of the blackouts, because of not being able to watch your team like you know you're talking about the exclusive exclusivity of apple tv a lot of people were unhappy with even the way it was with root and we've talked about this with the blazers too right and how, oh, it, yeah, how it sure. cuts fans off i i, I say I, I i i hate it because this is is you can put it under that veil of oh it's uh, now you don't have blackouts and you have this but nothing even 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 if you pretend it to be so nothing is fan first and that's yeah. annoying there is zero re reason Zero reason that anybody within their own local market should not be able to turn on a TV and watch their own local teams. If, they, if, if I can literally go to my window, not literally, the new form of literally, which now also stands for figuratively because no one knows how to use the term literally correctly. <laughs> but if I can True. go to my window and throw a rock and hit Moto Center, I shouldn't be able... To be blacked out from watching a Blazer game. It's it's absurd, so that's where man. The, that that's where that's where this hate mail comes from. Can it possibly get more viewers the ability to watch the Timbers and, and not be blacked out? Yes, that's great. But the annoyance is I shouldn't have to go to Avenue B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way down to Z just to watch a team that's in my backyard. That yeah. annoys me as someone who has worked in this industry now for a decade. I still don't get it, and it's all money. It's yeah. all. Oh, money. it's complete. It's, it's all. But money. you should it's be able to watch your team. And it goes. It's like. And, well, it, and you're gonna. You know, it's, that's all I got. It just pisses me off. 
It's like the same thing back when uh, internet piracy was a big thing with, with music, right? And everyone bitched about, oh, artists are losing so much money, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Fair mm -hmm. point. I actually did my entire big journalistic paper that you had to do to graduate school journalism on internet piracy. And the amount of money that artists make off CD sales is minuscule. And if you, the year that I wrote that article, if you looked at the top 10 grossing artists of the year, all 10 of them had uh, tours going on and only one of the top 10 artists had a, had an album that had been released that year. So it's like they weren't making money off album sales, they're making money off ticket sales. And same thing here, how are you gonna make money by filling up Providence Park and filling up the Rose Garden? by getting fans excited, getting fans involved. And what's a quick and easy way to get fans involved? I don't know. Make your product accessible let to him, everyone. Yeah, let them get a taste. Let them view the product. You became a fan of your team because you saw them on TV sitting in your living room. You saw the reactions when you flipped on your TV and you saw Damian Lillard's bye-bye shot over Oklahoma City. You're hooked. And you saw the reaction to the Moda Center. You went, I want to be You want to go check that, that I wanna, out. I want to be wanna in that be building. There. Yeah, 100%. I want to be in that building. V vice versa as well. If if you restrict my ability to view a team that I enjoy, even if I've been watching the Timbers, let's say, Timbers and Blazers have been fans for, I've been a fan of both teams for a long time. If you suddenly restricted my ability to watch one of those teams to the point that it was, if I wasn't going to pick up Apple, right, and that was the only way I was going to watch Timbers, I'm a lot less likely to go to Timbers games in the future, and I'm more, much more likely to kind of diverge my interest, go find something else to, to focus and engage with. Then, then this, uh, then, then this subject that's almost being uh, held away from me—the content that's kind of being kept it back is. and dangled. It's yeah. interesting. It's a bad. I said, and, and uh, yeah, and if it wasn't ticket sales, the the next biggest generator of revenue, again, merchandise sales. So whether right. I'm going to the stadium or watching it on TV, if I've become a fan because access was there and I could watch it all, I, I'm gonna go buy jerseys. I'm gonna get like case in point. Look at look at. Uh, uh, my buddy uh, Jamie from the Just Two Fans podcast. He lives in Denver, born and raised. Shout out Jamie. Hey! Loves his Rockies, loves his Broncos, enjoys his Nuggets. Grew up a Nugget fan because they were there. But in recent years, mm -hmm. due to their TV deals, it's almost impossible to watch a Nugget game if you live in Denver. Right. Even And so his fandom went reportedly. from being a big fan of the Nuggets to I couldn't care less about what they do. Yeah. He couldn't name you yeah, how, he couldn't it. name you the starting lineup outside of Nikola Jokic half the time. And they're right in his backyard yeah, and the reason be, the reason for his lack of fandom is lack of accessibility. Anyway, that was a really long uh, hate mail. Where's your hate mail going? I've already brought this up. It's going to stomach bugs. I, I don't have a lot to hate on this week. I'm have not been too unhappy. Blazers are doing well. Things are going well in general, except for this sudden, just nasty, grumbly gut that I've got going <laughs> on. I, I wanted to go to the Blazers game tomorrow night against the Nets. Um, I'm thinking at this point that I should probably stay home if I'm not feeling well, because I'm not trying to get other people sick. But, listeners, hey. that does mean that you could go. Now... I'll probably post these up on Twitter. I'll be talking to our guys at the third bench and trying to get the word out. Uh, if I'm if I truly do decide I'm not going to go to this game, but if you want the best access to that ticket and to other tickets in the future, the best thing for you to do, the easiest way for you to get access, to, is to come and join our Discord. You can get involved with live episode recordings of this pod, if I allow lots of it. other pods, other content recorders. Yeah, if if Chris ever uh, opens the room up again, uh, we also you can also get game access for tickets with a third bench uh, ticket group up in three seventeen. Hey! Swag exchanges, like I mentioned earlier, game night chats, and all of this done by fans for fans and by us, uh, the Trailcasters on our Discord. So. 
come and join the Discord. Link is in the episode description. Last episode, Chris, you and I were talking about finishing up the road trip. We kind of were a little uh, shaky, a little hesitant on on the on that final game against Dallas, and you know, predictably, it did not go our way. I was also a little nervous that oftentimes there's that kind of uh, old cliche with NBA that that first game back at home is always a little bit of a trap game for for teams because players come home and get comfy in their own bed, uh, get to see their families, and kind of like let off the gas a little bit. It was uh, it was looking a little shaky. Uh, Spurs pretty much owned the first half against us last night. Portland owned the third quarter. The fourth quarter was a back and forth uh, split. Defense really ended up being the deciding factor. Blazers win one seventeen to one ten. Held the Spurs to nine of twenty nine from deep. We only had fifteen turnovers, which is a lot, and we can talk about that. But it still is less than our average. I think we've been averaging sixteen a game so far. Damian Lillard. I think one of the other big things that stood out to me last night is especially late. Dame is back. He he is feeling good. He had a solid block on one end, and the very next possession, he comes down and hits one of those threes that's like, yeah, sure, I'll shoot from here. Yeah, I'll pull up from here. No big deal. And it's just all net. So it was nice to see Dame doing Dame things again. Nice to see pretty much all the other Blazers doing their things as well, except Nurk. Nurk kind of struggled last night. Nine points, five re- uh, yeah, nine points, five boards, one assist in 15 minutes. Only two fouls, but Minus 21 overall on his plus minus, and you compare that to Drew Eubanks, 9.7 rebounds, one assist, one block, and one steal, so slightly better stats than Nurk in 33 minutes, so twice the amount of time on the floor, and he did it uh, plus 28, so he's, he's more cohesive with the other guys he's playing with. What stood out to you, Chris? Any Are you concerned about Nurk's performance there? Are, are you impressed by what Dame did? Are you worried about um, the turnovers, the pace of the game? What are you seeing with, as the Blazers return home here? Okay, 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 Ray. Hey, excuse me. Has anyone seen my soapbox? <laughs> I'm going to stand on my soapbox. Has anybody seen it? Okay, now, Keith, I apologize for this rant I'm about to go on because I, the thing is... Oh, I'm excited. When you're... What, when you're right 51% of the time, you're wrong 49% of the time, all right? Or maybe it goes the other <laughs> way around. It's an old Simpsons quote, right? And I've been right a lot lately, and I'm going to let you know about it. <laughs> First off, we already discussed my love for Jeremy Grant, how I, I, I loved that trade and talked about it when everyone else was like, ah! Toot my horn. Okay. Second toot. We asked about this road trip last week. What games? What games are you worried about? I said that Dallas game is going to be rough, and you, my you friend, did. were. Oh my God! No! 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 Dallas! Dallas! They lost that game, in Dallas. <laughs> they, did. they did. They <laughs> did. Uh, I, I I'll take that L. Okay. I'll take I'll take that L. Toot, I was I was confident that Dallas wouldn't do it. Toot but, number know. three that needs to be tooted louder than any toot has ever tootawed. <laughs> tootawed is not something you say. I just wanted to I, I just wanted to pronounce it different because there was a lot of toots in that sentence. Tootawed. It's 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 the French. This is, uh, is it time for me to uh, tootawed this toot? Tootawed. <laughs> Discord is a wonderful thing. There's probably receipts on there. The podcast is a wonderful thing, so we know we got receipts. I want to point out that you all, you all, on me, absolutely on me, on here, on Twitter, uh uh-huh, yeah, you, all of you, when I said, what more do you want from your backup center? Drew Eubanks is an absolute perfect (laughs) free agent for that amount of money. 
You're getting a very, very capable backup. Oh, he might not even be in the league. He's proven that he doesn't know how to play. I just worry about what happens if Nurk is hurt. Is that the guy you really want to play? Blah, blah, blah. He has been amazing through 14 games <laughs> for the vet men that you're paying him. All right? He has outperformed your starting center, Yusuf Nurkic, in multiple games this season. Here's the thing. Is he a better, more talented player than Yusuf Nurkic? No. 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 Not at all. Is he a more consistent basketball player than Yusuf Nurkic? Yes. Mm. Is he better in the pick and roll than Nurk? No. Is he a better passer than no. Nurk? No. Is he more aggressive no. at the rim offensively? Yes. Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, there's no probably about it. He doesn't go up soft like Nurk does. When it like Nurk should have more dunks and he gets layups, right? Right. But a big key here: where has he excelled all season long? Uh, he's excelled on the, the defensive, defensive yeah, side of the basketball. He's vertical, man. Defense side of the yeah. basketball, right? And granted, he's given up some points here and there, but he has been everything and more that the Blazers wanted when they signed him to a vet min deal. So again, the horn has been tooted <laughs> because you all absolutely crapped on me. I had to take multiple showers uh, in the same day just to get the stank off the amount of <laughs> you put on me for saying Drew Eubanks was a good signing as a backup center. And I am, like I said, I'm tooting that one all day long. Because you want to say what stood out to me? Drew Eubanks stood out to me. That guy played with some ferocity. He played with a chip on his shoulder. He was not going to lose to his former team. Right? And he mm, went out there yeah. and did everything you needed to, to do to get done. He played almost, what, twice as many minutes as Yusuf Nurkic. Was at a plus... More than twice. Like, he, he was over a... Over 20 in the plus minus when Nurk was at a negative 20 in the in the in the plus yep. minus, right? And this isn't going to happen every single night because you're going to have nights where Nurk is great. We've seen it already this season. Nurk, oh, yeah. Nurk has oh, those games, but Drew Eubanks has proven his ability to step up and play those minutes. To me, Drew Drew Eubanks has looked his weakest when you've had the games where Dame wasn't playing and Ant wasn't playing and there just wasn't a lot of firepower and, and now you're going to rely on him to be not who he is and just be more and now it's a struggle. But when he is, hell, if you start him next to uh, Grant, Hart, Ant, and Dame in a pinch because Nurk's hurt, he looks fine. He looks absolutely fine. So I just want to say that one, man, because I, I, I remember vividly the amount of defense I had to play <laughs> to the point that I just finally said, F it, and I just stopped typing in Discord because like, there was no amount of anything I could say <laughs> on this pod, Discord, Twitter, or anywhere else that was going to convince anyone that Drew Eubanks was worth it. And I just want to say, Daddy Burkhart was right. Now, on the on the topic of Drew Eubanks, you want to you asked what really stood out to me, and, and we just talked about Eubanks and everything. But I think what stood out to me the most in this game in particular, and, and I'm gonna bring up the former coach, and I hate comparing Billups to Stotts because they just think they, they coach different, so it's not like a one to one comparison. But in this game in particular, the way Stotts like to play with his rotations, right? How often? Were you as a fan, and I, I, this is not rhetorical, like, I, I want your answer because I want to make sure it wasn't just me who felt it in media row, but how often as a fan did you go, oh, player X is, has the hot hand right now. This is great. And then go, why are you subbing out player X? Why is he going to the bench? Yeah, why, why are you taking him out? Because, why? Because, because, <laughs> totally. Because Terry Stotts was so into this is my rotation, right? 
And you this have rigid play, rotations. Like, like, one thing I've started to notice with Billups, like, okay, with, with Terry, right? You always knew Dame played the entire first quarter, and then it was the and then it was like the six minute mark. This player would set like you, six minute, yeah, you, yeah, knew, you knew exactly. Knew it never changed. With Billups, you've you have seen already games where Dame doesn't play the entire first quarter, or he subs people out here and there. And so what stood out to me in this one, coaching, because it was a huge, huge move to stick with Drew Eubanks. Despite the fact mm. I think it can be very easy to want to go back to Yusuf Nurkic because, yes, I think Yusuf Nurkic is the better player, right? And he's your starting center, and you don't want to disgruntle anybody when you don't put him on the floor and blah, blah, blah. But he's Especially look- Nurk, man. He yeah. gets a little power. But he when, looks at these guys and says, okay, you're not playing well. They're mm. exploiting you. Drew is playing exactly what we need defensively to, I think, get this back. And he's stuck with Drew. And you've seen different closing lineups too. I mean, when he was healthy, as he's out with a non-COVID yep. illness right now. But you've also seen uh, Nurk go to the bench in crunch time for Justice Winslow to come in and play small ball yep. center minutes. Totally. So that's what stood out to me in this one. Uh, actually, two things. So I'm sorry. Uh, that one really stood out to me. Again, coaching, making the right decisions, going with the hot hands. And so far this season, I think Billups has absolutely excelled in, again, if the other team went small, Terry went small. If the other team went big, Terry went big. Billups is not coaching to what's on the other floor. He's trying to make them adjust to him more, which is absolutely great. Uh, second thing yeah. that stood out to me, uh, and again, you're a fan. How many times have you been able to say the Blazers won game X with defense? With defense? Dude, uh, completely. And that's what... It- that was a huge, uh, putting a huge smile on my face. And not night. only how much this is a defensive win. winning a game with defense, clutch defensive play while giving up a ton of size from Damian Lillard. Yeah, from Dame again. Yeah, we when when you and I were when you invited me onto the Rip City Radio and we were covering the Lakers game that day, we saw the same kind of thing from Dame in the final possessions where he's up against LeBron, gave up a lot of size, and he didn't get a block on LeBron. But he closed but he out contested. perfectly, right? He closed out. Yeah, he he challenged the shot. He made LeBron have to alter what he was doing a little bit. I, I mean, yeah, and then last night, dude, seeing that block and then seeing him come down the other end and just be like, sure, from here, and net. God, that was nice. It felt really good to see uh, from Dame. But like you're saying, Chris, the the defense, man. And there was a, there was a quote from him uh, post game uh, that, that Casey tweeted out. But well, I think people have said things about me defensively without understanding what real responsibility is when you're leading a team and how hard that is. So I make it a point. We're gonna see about it. Say what you want, but it's been a lot of those moments, and there's going to be more of those moments where I've got to step in there and be willing to take that that challenge, and I'm going to keep doing it. And I want to say this again. This is a top-down trickle effect, man, because tell me, mm, yeah. tell me that the players, even Dame, he's been here now for a decade. You all love him. When was the last time you heard him talk about defense that way? accepting the challenge and i got that's my responsibility as a team leader blah 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 defense 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 this is a trickle down because if there's something that he prided himself on while he played coach billups it's defense right and he was brought in as a defensive guy and everyone has questioned that and thus far it's showing that i think he might know what he's talking about and if anything <laughs> The trickle-down effect is the attitude because it, it, to, to be good on defense, you have to want to be good on defense. And a quote like the one I just read from Dame sounds like a guy who wants to be good on defense. And I, again, 
how many times have you been able to say that about Dame or this Trailblazers team? So th those are the things that stood out to me. That was my long story. Long. Props to Chauncey. Props to Drew Banks. Honestly, Chris, yeah, props to the whole Blazers squad. It's been a tough schedule so far with, again, this is something we've talked about in previous weeks, but it's going to keep coming up as long as we keep hot like this. It's been a tough schedule so far, but pretty good results. The offense for the Blazers has dropped to, I think I saw around 13th offensive rating, uh, but our defense is still top 10. I think I last saw it at like sixth place overall in the NBA. <laughs> Are you surprised that our defense is still holding up better than the offense? Are you surprised that the offense has dropped? Does anything concern you about the offense being more middle of the league no. uh, when we've seen in, in past years, like Dame alone can be a top five offense on his own? No, because I mean that you went how many games without Yusuf Nurkic? You went how many games without Damian Lillard? You went how many games? Th three with each. Like, three, three. Dame and Nurk each missed three on this road trip. Penny and Jeremy both missed two. So yeah, we, we you won have games missed with games with your three top scorers. Again, mm -hmm. one of only two teams in the league who has three players averaging twenty or more points, and you have played games without them already. No, I'm not as I'm not as worried there because I think. I, I think if you w keep winning with defense, then you can you can afford to have those off nights offensively as long as you're still getting stops. And then good defense will lead to easy offense in the end. But if your offense mm. if your offense is struggling having a struggle night and your defense isn't getting a stop, then you're getting blown out because you aren't going to do much if you ain't stopping the other team. So you know, no, I'm not concerned there. I'm more excited with the fact that the defense's numbers are are staying steadily high. Yeah, having the defense stay up is is. Absolutely a game changer. And like we mentioned in the last segment too, just having that be something that Blazers fans have not seen much of in so long. It is so refreshing to see functional defense, effective defense, and winning games uh, based so much off the defense and the, and the coaching, like we said. Good results so far, uh, even across tough games. That road trip we're talking about, four and two on what was supposed to be one of the toughest road trips of the season, despite missing, like you said, our, our three top scores for two plus games each, plus our, our biggest defender since uh, Gary Payton II has still not touched the floor. To get wins over the Suns, over the Heat, over the Pelicans, feels pretty good. And we didn't even just split the road trip. We came back with icing on the cake, man. So it, it feels awesome uh, to, to then again add on to that, the not dropping that first home game against the Spurs last night. How do we feel about this upcoming game against Brooklyn tomorrow? Well, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are a dumpster fire. They just gave up. Uh, <laughs> I think it. I think it was like three hundred and fifty points in three quarters to, <laughs> to the Kings or something like that. Um, right? <laughs> uh, they're a dumpster 100, fire. One hundred fifty-three to one twenty-one yeah. for the record. For anyone that didn't see that game last night, Sacramento Kings beat the Brooklyn Nets one fifty-three to one twenty-one. Incredible. Yeah, uh, I think the I think the interesting part here is. Uh, you know, I, I said it kind of is a worrisome game last podcast. And that's just because, like, uh, same thing with the Dallas. Like, even if Dallas is not a dumpster fire, uh, they're just maybe not as good as some people, myself included, uh, thought they were going to be. See, I'll, I'll tell you all when I'm wrong, too. I'm not just going to sit in my soapbox and only say when I'm right. <laughs> I think the scary part to me in this game is is KD. If KD, if KD gets hot, it's going to be tough going. But... I mean, this is one of those games I think Portland probably wins at this point in the season with the way they're playing. They win nine out of ten times. Um, they're, yeah, they're, feel, they're, they're, they're playing much that. better uh, than Brooklyn. Brooklyn is an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they might be a more of a dumpster fire than... They might be more of a dumpster fire than the Lakers, if we want to be completely honest. Like, the, 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 the Lakers... Boy, that is a contest. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think it is. Think about this, Keith. The Lakers' dumpster fire is... 
mainly because we dumped all the money into three aging stars um one of whom is still maybe you know in his quote prime that would be ad when he's on the court ad uh lebron is his prime is going to be until he retires but still um but you look (laughs) at how they mesh stylistically like they just they, they they play different they like oh like day or uh westbrook and lebron are just like a little too similar to really play off of each other and there's no depth to that roster and it was just it's just blah uh in in mm. brooklyn you have a guy who only wants to play half the games and then uh, promotes anti-semitic and has to do a bunch of other stuff to even get on the court you have another guy who was once rumored to maybe be a portland target and could be an all-world defender but it looks like he does not give two about playing uh basketball ben right simmons. now in ben simmons <laughs> and then you have kevin durant who's a star of that le- uh, team who requested a trade in the offseason yeah, and right. unlike lebron ad and westbrook has been actively in the last few days literally by name throwing his team under the bus yeah like wow. this was a quote in a recent article bleacher report with uh chris haynes that kevin durant said look at our starting lineup Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what were you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because <laughs> I'm out there? So if you're watching from that lens, you're expecting us to play well because number seven is wow. out there. So not only throwing his teammates under the bus, but basically saying, like, like stop counting on me so much. He's literally, he's literally saying, he's like, this. He sounds burned out. It's one of those things, like, he's not wrong. Like you look at that starting lineup, no, you look at that, like you look at that starting lineup. Well, you don't say that. You look at that starting lineup. It's not a great starting lineup. That puts undue pressure on him, which is part of the reason he 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 requested a trade in the off off season, as he goes in to say in that in that article, because he basically said that everything was lining up for this season to be a struggle. But again, what is one thing we've all questioned about this guy from a while, despite his all world talent, is just his leadership, right? Because this is not something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dame will go out there and think about this. When Dame said, we need to improve the roster, right? He said that last year. We need to improve the roster. Everyone could read between the lines that he was basically saying, we need to trade, we need to trade CJ McCollum. Now, I don't think that's what he wanted or he preferred. It was just the only real avenue to start moving because of the, the talent and the, and the money involved and all that. But because that was the only real movable piece at that point, when he said we need to improve the roster, you're basically saying we need to trade CJ. But notice how he didn't go out and say, look at this starting lineup. CJ CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, Norman Powell, Yusuf Nurkic, and me. Like, what do you expect us to do? Do you 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 expect expect us to win just because (laughs) the letter O is out there? Like, no. You can understand that your team needs to improve without actively by name throwing your players under the under the bus. Or even without doing by name, like Dame still just did it with more civility and and I mean I don't want to say style, but just professionalism. We talked earlier, Chris, about LeBron's quote. I think the second game into the season where he throws the team under the bus, not as much by name, but saying uh, it was something about shooters, right? Something about how they just don't have shooters. Uh, and it's, it's like to throw your team under the bus. That after one or two games in the season, when it's mm-hmm. it's not the same as uh, as what Kevin Durant has stepped up to here, but yeah, it's definitely not in the same realm as how Dame handled it either. It's yeah, these you know you're right. Uh, I was I was thinking off the top of my head that Lakers might be as much or more of a dumpster fire, but no, you're right. I mean, Lakers are at least somewhat still trying to play basketball, and Nets. I don't know if you can even say that about half their roster, half their guys. It just seems crazy. Half their stars. <laughs> 
we do have some uh, some some questions and some input from our friends on Discord. So listeners, if you want to take part, if you want to get your questions in here, you can always write us on Twitter. Always write us an email at trailcast.gmail.com. But the best way to communicate with us, the best way to get involved in live shows, to get involved with the third bench and get ticket options, get all sorts of other swag stuff, get involved in game day chats, all stuff done by fans, for fans, just like you, just like us, you need to come and join the Discord. The link is in the episode description. And here, with no more delay, we have uh, some questions from our uh, from our listeners on Discord, including Mac Deuce. Shout out to Mac. Hey! He has three questions for us, Chris. Number three one. too many. <laughs> Shout out to BMAC. He's been hey. in here recently on episodes too. He's always uh, helping us, always contributing good content. His first question, Nas's three-point shooting, is it for real? I think it is. I, yeah? I, I really, think it, be nice, I really think it is because I I don't know if there is a player that I have been fortunate enough to cover in my 10 years that I have seen put more work into completely reworking their shot than Nasir Little. Like, mm. if you guys remember, when Nasir Little came into the league, his shot was busted. It, oh, was, it was bad. Busted. It was very it bad. Was, like, it, it did not look good. Right now, he's been an incredible three-point shooter. Um, he's doing well in the catch-and-shoot. He's doing well in creating his own shot. Like, he's, like, looking at the numbers, again, box scores and, and stats don't tell at all, but, I mean... It does tell you there's a marked improvement, Keith, when right now he's shooting a career high 43%. When again, his rookie yeah, when when his rookie year, when I told you his shot was busted, he shot 23%. Yeah, and I remember being at those 7. games, it was like it was it was it was not the confidence, it was just the form. It just wasn't the, yeah, the, the it, no, it was, it, there's a hitch. There yeah, was this weird the form like, hang was up busted. In the shot. He's completely changed it. Yeah. I still think I do think uh 43 is high. Uh, I think I think mm. as the season goes out that maybe that one does come down a little bit, but you can't tell me that you're not excited if Nasir Little ends the year as a 38% three-point shooter or something like that. So no, I I do think the improvement and what we're seeing from him in that part of his game is for real. 38 would be pretty nice. So, so you mentioned uh, Nasir's rookie season, 23.7, 35% from deep the next season, 33% last year, and 43.3 right now. 38 if he said if, if this settles down and only drops a 38 that would be awesome I, I think 35 is considered kind of the the league average if what a team wants a three-point shooter to be averaging is 35 or better so if he can settle on 38 that's fantastic even if he I mean two of his first three seasons though 33 35 percent I'd be pretty happy with that too man I I think the biggest thing for Nas biggest thing for Nas like we talked about before is if he's going to be able to maintain his minutes uh once we get a fully healthy roster going here yeah the uh the current league average for uh sorry bounce around the current the current league average for three point percentage is uh 35.7 so nice okay. so even that's if right he ends there. at 37 or whatever like he's still above the average i think that i think that's good for him Absolutely. I guess, and and could only speak to maybe a marked improvement again the following year or just making a little more consistent but uh, the way he's yeah. playing, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's for real. So, MacDeuce's next question, he's trying to throw me off a little here, but I, I read it ahead of time and I, I was prepared. Yeah. How does Penny settle into a role alongside Dame? Can they be complementary outside of the short bursts of Anferno? I think they can. I still, You still run into some situations, and you saw a little bit of it late in last night's game against San Antonio where Dame tried it, but you still run into situations you don't want to see, and that is either Dame or Ant being on the court at the same time but 
trying to play a little bit of iso ball dame tried to play a lot of iso mm. ball in the last few minutes last night don't want that continue the ball movement but uh, i think is interesting with ant is i think as they continue to settle in their role is you have to again you have to ask the realistic question and this is another one that i suggested early at the season that i said i would like to see and you're starting to see it just a little bit but even though you have all the money invested in ant i think this offense and the team i think everything's at its best when he's to be or like the third guy like like getting jeremy grant involved more uh because the same thing what you're seeing is if if jeremy grant gets involved more then the gravity that he starts to take will starts opening ant up and then he hits big shots you saw it against san antonio it's just more diverse offense when you have it from not just yeah it's it's a really good question because you've seen flashes of it working really really well but then you've also seen the flashes where Ant has that big night, but it's kind of a solo run. It wasn't. It wasn't the dynamic right. duo type run. The Inferno. Yeah. So, yeah, so totally. it, it's a good question. I think. I think what you're going to see more of is you're going to see more of him, kind of playing like he did against San Antonio, where it's not an Inferno type night, uh, but he's going to hit big shots. He's going to come up when you need him to. You're going to be able to rely on him, and then every once in a while you're going to get that night where he's just absolutely unstoppable. But I think they're going to work next to each other. I think part of them working next to each other is going to be something else we've seen Chauncey push a little bit more this season so far, which has been Dame playing more off ball. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think if, if if we are hoping for less of this kind of, like less of what we saw last year, less ISO ball, less of what we're used to with Dame and CJ, less kind of your turn, my turn thing. Uh, I think a lot of that is going to be either Simon's really settling into being a, like a catch and shoot threat from deep uh, or, or being able to bring Dame off the ball and having him be more of that catch and shoot guy. One of them, like, because like you're saying, that's how you get rid of that kind of ISO play or the or the your turn my turn thing is having them. One of them needs to be the secondary uh, uh, playmaker instead of just right. both trying to run at the same time. Yep. All right, Mactus's third and final question. He says, "I buried the lead a bit, but Jeremy, my God, he has seemed more aggressive the last few games, and I love it. I know the All Star list is long, but can he play consistently enough where he's at least on the list of potentials?" So yeah, what are your, what are Jeremy Grant's All Star chances this season? Right now, I think they're probably, they're looking pretty good. Uh, I, yeah, I think I I think uh, as as it always goes in the Western Conference. I mean, if he continues to play like this, I'm not saying he's more impactful in the long run, but he might have a more realistic chance at an All Star game than Dame, just because the forward competition, Ooh. the forward competition in in the same as the guard competition. Right, I mean <laughs> that's true. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. For Dame to get in, he's going against uh, he's going against Luca. He's going against Devin Booker. He's going against Steph Curry. Like I mean, the list of guards Paul, in the Western yeah. Conference is woo. But if the Blazers continue to excel, Keith, and come All Star break, if they're still top four in the West, then your possibilities of two All Stars is very high at that point. Very high. Because you all, I mean, the, the amount of all-stars you have does kind of correlate to your team's overall season success. And the only reason Portland didn't have two all-stars over the last few years is because, again, their two best players were two guards and they those they cannibalized some votes and it was just such a deep yeah. run. But I think, I, I think there's a chance here. He has to continue his run of success right now. Like if he's dips down and kind of goes back to his, his averages, probably not. But right now... Uh, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll sip on that Kool-Aid because it's just fun to think about. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, keep hitting those five threes a night. Uh, keep getting like 30-point games. I could see it. I do think one of the biggest hurdles for Jeremy making an all-star game 
I, I, I like your point about position and how that could just put less uh, competition in front of him. I think one of the issues, though, is going to be the all-star votes are always a popularity contest. It's not just based off the team's record or even the individual stats. It's always going to be this kind of thing that's a popularity contest. So even if we are a top four team in Portland, if the Warriors are also a top four team, that's just the way the, the, the votes are going to go. I, 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 would, I would picture them getting two all-stars a lot quicker than us, even if we're ranked ahead of them. We could be four, they could be five or six and i don't know if i'm going to say that we have a better chance of two all-stars than they might then again outside of steph i'm not sure who the warriors real next all-star bid would be for so maybe that is maybe that does kind of swing in our favor you look at front uh front court voting in the all-star game last year for the western conference it was led by lebron james which he's probably a shoe-in because he's lebron as long as he's healthy and plays right nikola Jokic, he's a shoe-in uh, andrew wiggins was the surprise there Golden State struggling a little bit, so maybe he doesn't get as many votes. He's not having the exact same year he had. Uh, you do have Paul. Definitely. You have Paul George who was there. Uh, maybe Anthony Davis. I could see just because power of Laker voters. It's popularity contest. But from there, Lakers, it gets really yeah. interesting because then you had uh, obviously just didn't deserve to be there, but uh, Carmelo Anthony just because the fan vote. Um, <laughs> Draymond Green, but Draymond Green is not as good as, He's uh, as he was the last few yeah. years. So I could see that falling off where it gets really interesting is then you had uh, the next two up in voting, uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Well, Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota has proven that they are also kind of a dysfunctional franchise right now. So I don't think those two are going to be in the running. Called you it. had Kristaps Porzingis, but he's not in the West anymore. Uh, then you have two guys right here that uh, were low on voting, but will likely get quite a few, especially the second one here, but DeAndre Ayton and Brandon Ingram. Um, so, I mean, mm, if you, yeah, if you yeah. gave me that list, it's like LeBron, Nikola Jokic, Paul George, Anthony Davis. And then that next group, that next tier is where Jeremy Grant is right now. So to me, so that's, that's not, that's not horrible. To me, uh, that's, crazy. that's very, that's, a, that's achievable. That's achievable, man. That's interesting. Yeah. When you break it down like that, that does seem a lot closer than I think I would have given it credit for off the top of my head. All right. Uh, Next question coming from Alkabi on our Discord. Again, listeners, if you want to get in on this, come and join the Discord. Link in the episode descriptions. Alkabi asks, would y'all trade Simons for OG and a pick or OG and Otto Porter? No. So this is obviously talking pretty high on Simons' value. On on like this is saying that Penny has really kind of gained some value over saying Penny Simons for OG Ananobi and a pick or OG Ananobi and Otto Porter. I'm not sure if that's quite realistic from the other team's perspective, but I'm gonna say, yeah. If, if we get OG and a pick or OG and Porter for, for Simons, I'm doing that all day, man. Like uh, Penny is looking good, but he is still primarily a catch and shoot threat and a developing playmaker. Uh, I'm 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 trading that all day for OG Ananobi and, and either one of those options. Maybe I'm 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 undecided. I don't know if it's as easy for me. I mean, if you're getting picks involved, really? then probably yeah. But I still think there's, I think there's there there might there might be some really good trade fodder for a guy like like, like Ant. Um, but again, you if think you we could get, get more than like an OG and a Porter? You could. I mean, I'm just saying there there might be a lot of options. OG and a Porter would be nice. I mean, at least with OG going to give you a true small forward you could allow you to move heart over to the two and then your, your, yeah. your team is well balanced defensively holy Balance smokes holy smokes balanced defensively yeah so uh OG and porter both yeah help yeah i think I, I i think i probably would actually um here's the thing i i like ant and i just i think he's going to be best served as a trade piece to really improve the line the spots that you need improving and you also got to look at this yeah. you also got to look at this keith 
You can't tell me that Joe Cronin's not looking at that roster going, okay, if this Dame window is two to three years, which is something that you and I have said since day one, and that's something mm -hmm. they're probably still working under the assumption of, that he's going to be able to still play at his prime. You can't sit here and look at the early emergence of Shaden Sharp and go, that, right. that might be a guy who could start next to Dame in 2024. You trade Ant right now and you get an OG on Anobi and then you start hard the rest of the season and by next year you've seen enough and you're ready to make the jump and now you have Dame, Sharp, OG, Grant, and Nurk or what? Like, to me, yeah. to me, Keith... Or, or Dame, Hart, OG, Sharp yeah. off the... To, to, the yeah, to, me, yeah. to me, the, the, the emergence of Shade and Sharp um, has changed a Game lot. Changer. Has changed a lot. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and especially as far as uh, Penny's value. I, I I think as much as I, I have kind of poo-pooed the fan base a little bit over the last season of saying you're getting a little too high on Simons. That being said, he has looked fantastic. He is developing. He is looking like a, a quality player. But man, Shaden Sharp, he's so he's showing so much so early. Right. Uh, and yeah, it just if, if, if he keeps on that arc, it could really change uh, just the priorities for us. <laughs> All right, final question here, not coming from a single specific Discordian this time, but I just want to bring this up, Chris. There's been a lot of chatter, especially after last night's performance, about Nurk and his place with the Blazers, and if Nurk should be, you know, we're talking about trade fodder here with Simons, if Nurk should be lumped in more uh, to that, that perspective than uh, part of our core, part of our future as well. I'm going to say right up front, I'm not sold on that. I think Nurk still brings a lot more value than... Uh, he gets credit for. He he has issues with consistency, like we've talked about the last couple of weeks. But for the money we're paying him, I think he is much better than just an average starting center in the league. Uh, also, something that I think, uh, uh, who was it? Someone brought up in the chat as well, is as always with these talks, when you're saying, hey, trade this player, or get rid of this player, you got to bring up who are you replacing him with. And I don't know if there's a very clear answer of who we would replace Nurkic with. Uh, people brought up Claxton from the Nets. I could see that one. I think we've maybe moved on a bit from the DeAndre Ayton conversations because people realize he's expensive and not doing that much more. But where do you stand? I, have you have you shifted um, have you shifted your thoughts on Nurk as far as his future with the team after some of these uh, some of these ups and down performances? No, not a ton. Um, it's just it's the Nurk coaster, dude. Like he's getting paid a decent amount of money, but it's not like he's making thirty mil a year, so it's not handicapping you. When Nurk is good, I think Nurk is great. Like the the team is good when he's having those, you know, three three by fives. Even like like he's got his twelve <laughs> his, his twelve points, ten rebounds, and you know six assists. Um, yeah. uh, it's great. It's just the up and down. I think right now, if you didn't have if you didn't have Drew Eubanks, then I would be more. Oh, well, not even just Drew Eubanks. If you didn't have Drew Eubanks and Winslow and Grant and these guys who can play that small ball five and move move things around and some roster fluidity, then I would be like more like, yeah, find a way to get him out now because we, you need an upgrade at that position. But right now, again, you saw it play out firsthand against San Antonio is that you have a little bit of depth at that position right now to the point that if he's having a bad night, you can slide Drew in there. You can kind of get away with it. But what he brings when he's on is just it's not worth just getting rid of unless you're actually getting some sort of upgrade at that right. position to help you. 
So Aiton again, yeah. uh, obviously far more money. But if you could, if you if you could offload Nurk for DeAndre Aiton, you do it every single day because there's the, yes, you, if it was a one for yes, one. Yes, you yeah, could yeah. look at statistically and talk about it. But but DeAndre Aiton is a better player than Yusuf Nurkic. So at this point, if you could, he, off, he if you could no, offload I'm not him, he's not. if you could offload him and and wiggle things around for a guy like that, yeah. But is it worth? Is, is it worth Nurk for? A, if Nurk is the 15th best center in the league is it worth offloading him to go get the 13th best center it's like i like i don't I, exactly. I don't think so i don't i don't think so i still don't think center is the weak point of this team i think the weak point of this team is the forward positions regardless of how good grant has played i think you look for two options get a starting power forward so that you can slide grant to the three because again he has proven that he the, with the way he's shooting Everyone said I mm. again. Everyone said oh, I yeah. was dumb when I said he could play the three. <laughs> uh, yeah, he plays offensively like a small forward a lot of the time. So shush. Um, so maybe you could do that. Or again, if you could offload uh, uh, Simons or whatever. Again, not going to dive into what the hypothetical could be, but you could go get an OG on a Nobi type or a true starting small forward because that's probably still your weakest position. Not that Josh Hart is weak, but you are playing him a little bit out of position. Like he can, he can yeah, play definitely. small forward, and he's better at playing small forward than Norman Powell was. But he's still more of a natural too. Those are the type of things I would look to do if I'm trying to construct this roster in a way where it's most flexible. You've heard from Chris Cronin over here on how he would uh, handle the roster construction. Let me just break it down in NBA 2K23 real quick, and I, I, I turn. Let me turn financial restrictions off. And uh, Nurkic for Joel Embiid has been approved. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up our listener questions. Then that's really all I had for you this week, Chris. You know this this morning thing wasn't so bad. Where uh, I I think I woke up a little after you started. Uh, <laughs> after you were. Uh, getting on your soapbox. It, that's it, the, it that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm not a morning person, but I do only have one speed. So if I have to roll out of bed with five, <laughs> and I've only and I just woke up five minutes ago, this is the this is the Chris you're getting every single time. Love whether it. I whether Love I, it. no, yeah. hey, consistency. Yeah, whether I've been up for five that's minutes. What we're saying I'm, is I'm your Drew Eubanks, but you know, all star caliber Drew Eubanks. I'm I'm talent and <laughs> consistency. That's why you keep me around. <laughs> talent and consistency, and 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 Mr. Professional, as we said earlier, you got a bit of Dame in there as well. Like I said, that is all we've got, listeners, for you this week. If you want to get involved, if you want to be part of these episodes, like shout out to Mac Deuce, shout out hey, to Al Kabi, hey. shout out to all the other friends that we've had contributing. Bits to the Nurk conversation, all the game day chatter last night for the Spurs game. If you want to get involved, come and join the Discord. We've got live podcast recordings. We've got the third bench ticket group. So much other fun. All stuff being put together by fans, for fans. And you should be a part of it too. So come and join Discord. Link is in the episode description. Chris. Yes. That's it, buddy. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odor, for these fat beats. And thank you to Mac Deuce, Al Kabi, and all the rest. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Whew. We made it. <laughs>